test you, Stephen. He was on the bench for oh. Arsenal. No pressure. Well, no pressure. He actually did the game. Time up. Time up. <laughs> Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Off the ball daily. We'll move on to darts and what an exciting PDC World Darts Championship we've had so far. To preview the third round matches which get underway tomorrow afternoon, I'm joined by the darts journalist Dan Dawson at Dan Dawson Darts. Sorry, I should say it's at Dan Darts Dawson on Twitter. Dan, you're very welcome to Off the Ball. Thank you very much for having me. Merry Christmas to you all. And the same to you. Now, Dan, uh, the top three still alive in the championship. Let's have a look first at the world number one and the 2021 champion, Gerwin Price. He plays Raymond van Barneveld. And would you say that's a draw he might have wanted to avoid? Yeah, I think I would, because frankly, they met twice at the Grand Slammer Darts, which was only about six weeks ago in Wolverhampton. It's a tournament that Price absolutely loves, and he's very rarely beaten in it. But Raymond van Barneveld managed to beat him twice, once in the group stages, and then knocked him out in the knockout round. So Barney has been a bit of a thorn in his side in recent times. He hasn't had the greatest year going, Price. He actually broke his hand, his throwing hand, uh, earlier on. It didn't stop him winning a title with a broken hand, it has to be said. But he's still got levels that he needs to unlock. The beauty about the World Championship is it's such a long tournament played over about three weeks. You can play yourself into a bit of form and beating Raymond van Barneveld on the Ali Pali stage would certainly be a, a signal of intent that Price is back to his best. But it's a, a difficult game to negotiate in what is still a relatively short format first to four sets. So that does make the top boys more vulnerable. Yeah, a bit like Argentina in the World Cup in that you can play yourself into it really, isn't it? And uh, what have you made of Van Barneveld's performance so far at the World Championship? Uh, you know what? He's been pretty impressive. I mean, the fact he's worked himself into the top 32 in the world means that he's entered as a seed. So he got to avoid a first round game. Uh, so we've only seen him in action once, Raymond. And he was really put through his paces by uh, the barber, Ryan Meikle, a man from Suffolk, big Ipswich Town fan. Um, I actually thought it was going to be a very tough test for Barneveld. It proved to be so. Ryan Meikle was right there with him. And had he nicked the third set, it would have been very, very different. But Barney has acquitted himself well so far. I think he's going to have to find some of his top stuff from the Grand Slam when he beat Price those couple of times if he is going to worry going Price. I still see uh, Price, who is the current world number one, uh, as the man who's going to come through that test, though. I, I think you might be able to beat him once, you might be able to beat him twice even, but three times in a row on TV, it might even be beyond the five-time world champion. Well, I'll tell you one thing, it's a f- an absolutely fantastic day's entertainment set up for tomorrow, because uh, after that uh, clash between Price and Van Barneveld, the defending champion Peter Wright will take on the top thrower from Belgium in Kim Hoibrechts. Could there be an upset there? Look, Kim Hybrex is, is a guy who's going through a bit of a renaissance. He was on the slide. He dropped out of the top 32 in the world. He's still just outside it um, as things stand. Um, but he has worked very, very hard to start climbing the rankings again. 
Um, it's all right. A bit like Gerwin Price. Hasn't had his best year, but he's so good. He's still managed to pick up titles. He is the defending champion, but even from the start of this year's World Championship, he's not been right up there with the very favourites. They've been Michael Van Gerwen, uh, Gerwin Price and Michael Smith, who actually won that tournament I mentioned in the Grand past. People are overlooking Peter, right? He's not been in great form. His wife was... Uh, in hospital quite recently, and that's been a big distraction for him. But again, it's one of those things where if he turns up after Christmas and shows what he's really about, people's opinions will start to change. He's a man who's won this title twice before, and even when he has won it twice before, there have been times when he's looked vulnerable in the early rounds. Once you negotiate those, when you get into the longer format, you kind of believe that Peter Wright is going to find some good stuff. The thing with this year, though, we've only seen three seeded players knocked out. There was an awful lot of quality going into the post-Christmas action, which should bode well for some exciting and high-quality stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And the last two Irish men left in the competition also played tomorrow, Dan. Now, Josh Rock, 21-year-old man from Antrim, he was only crowned the PDC World Youth Champion in November, and he takes on the world number 10, Neil Aspinall, for a place in the last 16. This really has the potential to be a cracking match. Look, Josh Rock is an absolute sensation. He has enjoyed one of the most brilliant debut years we have ever seen in professional darts. He's only 21 years old. He was working in a chicken factory in Antrim at the start of the year when he managed to get his spot on the professional circuit. He played very few tournaments, even in the, the amateur side of things, before making the switch over. And he has taken to it like a duck to water. It's not just the level of his play, it's the consistent level of his play. And people are buying into it. He was made one of the favourites for the title, which sounds absolutely mad coming here on the yeah. He hasn't had a massive run on TV. But you look at what he's been doing on the tour, that World Youth Championship win, which you mentioned, he threw the highest average we've ever seen in a World Youth Championship final. It was 104. He was threatening a nine data. He's hit a nine data on TV this year in only the second leg of his first ever big meeting with Michael Van Gerwen. Special things happen to special players. And I've little doubt that Josh Rock is a very special player, but they've actually made him favourite for that game with the world number 10, Nathan Aspinall, who's been brilliant this year and made a couple of major finals. I think that people have really bought into the hype, but I do think they're perhaps expecting a little bit too much from a young man who is still learning. This is all very, very new to him. He's played a couple of games already in this tournament. He's won them both, credit to him, and he's played some good stuff in them, but he's not been at his brilliant best in those matches he probably will have to be if he's overcome the ass. Yeah, and I suppose being a young player as well, you maybe don't feel that kind of pressure that you do in your debut competition. The other thing as well for Rock is that he beat Aspinall in the Europeans in October, but could that also play in a way that the revenge factor could help Aspinall over the line? Yeah, it was a shorter format as well, so I would expect Nathan to get back to, you know, over the course of a a longer format game, and it is only first to four sets, there's still time to, to get up to top gear. Um, Nathan Aspinall's got a pretty good record in this tournament. He wasn't good last year, but he was in real danger. His in, uh, an injury problem wrecking his entire career. But some good news from the doctors this year. He's just blown away any doubts that he might be sort of over as a big force in darts. And now the, the world is his oyster. He's come close to major titles. He's won some titles in the TV in the events away from the TV cameras this year. And Nathan Aspinall is a player to be feared. It is one of the standout ties of the third round. And it's a heck of a way 
to kick off the action because it's tomorrow afternoon, that match, uh, the second match on. So it, it could be fireworks as soon as we step through the door of Ali Pali again. Interesting you mentioned scheduling there, Dan, because I know Brendan Dolan, the other Irishman from Fermanagh, was very displeased with uh, the scheduling of his match because uh, he criticised the PDC and, and broadcaster Sky Sports because he was playing on the, the last day before the break and uh, he's now due to play Johnny Clayton in the third round. Is that going to be that distraction or his frustration over that? Could that uh, maybe hinder him in his match against the Welshman? I don't know, to be honest. I mean, I know that everybody, particularly some of the the lads over in Europe, they have faced some real problems with border strikes and things like that. Um, So people are having to be a little bit flexible and a little bit savvy about how they manage their travel over this Christmas break. Obviously, there's been train strikes and all sorts of stuff. So admittedly, it's not been easy for anyone. Uh, And Brendan getting back to County Fermanagh and then coming back to play on the afternoon of the 27th, it is an ideal for him, but it is one of those things that you're just going to have to manage. The rewards for this tournament are absolutely spectacular. It's half a million pounds to the winner, and Brendan's already bagged 25 grand just for getting to this stage. So I think that he can probably sacrifice maybe an evening in front of the telly. <laughs> it's pro sports, Dan, isn't it? you just got to get on with us. Yeah, basically, that's, that's it. Um, there are people, you know, we've had players from... South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, all over the world, China. Um, I mean, I sympathise with Brendan, but there are people in a lot more tricky situations as <laughs> getting here and playing a concern. Yeah, absolutely. Three-time champion Michael Van Gerwen, who we mentioned earlier, um, three years now without a world title, Dan, his longest dry spell, but he's been drawn against uh, Mensur Suljevic, who has vowed to slow down the Dutchman. Sounds like it won't be a pretty match, uh, but is there a shock possible? That's on the day after tomorrow. It's possible. Mensor has beaten Michael Van Gogh before. Mensor Sulevich, um, a few years back, was undoubtedly one of the very best players on the planet. He's the best player that Austria has ever produced. And he has won a major title and made a number of other major finals. He is nowhere near that kind of form. He's one of the players that, when COVID hit, he just stopped playing so much. So we haven't actually seen him uh, playing in as many tournaments as we're used to over the last couple of years. And that means that he's perhaps not a shot. He's certainly not going to successfully slip down the rankings. Um, he is going to take on Michael Van Gogh, and I think he will slow him down. He's going to go into glacial pace, Mansour <laughs> Michael Van Gogh is the most successful player this year. He's won four big TV events and a whole load more besides. He will feel he is quite capable of dealing with whatever Mensor has to throw at him. And Mensor really is going to have to conjure up something from a few years ago, that sort of standard, which we haven't seen on a regular basis from him in recent months, if he is to even worry Michael Van Gogh. And I think the MVG will be pretty satisfied with the the hurdle that they'll have to overcome in that first match back after Christmas. There could be tougher tests that await him in the future rounds, though. Dan Dawson, can I get a quick prediction? Who do you think or who is looking likely to you to win the tournament? Well, look, I mean, I'm a man who likes picking people out of left field. I'm a a, a hipster pick kind of man. (laughs) Um, I picked Gerwin Price. I know he's the world number one, but he's not really one that a lot of the pundits were picking to go and win the title. I said him at the start of it, but I do quite fancy Rob Cross, the 2018 world to go on a deep run. He's been playing absolutely brilliantly this year. He's in the same section of the draw as Michael Van Gerwen, though, so he is going to have to play some very, very good stuff, you would think, to get through to the quarters, semis and final, which is where I predicted he's going to get to.
Test just even. He was on the bench for oh. Arsenal. No pressure. Well, no pressure. He actually did Time up. Time up. <laughs> Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app.